Hello, welcome back to another edition of Dual Diagnosis Anonymous. My name is Johnny and I'll be facilitating this meeting. Can we please take a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Again, I want to welcome everybody back that's watching these videos. Um, I, we took a couple of weeks off. Uh, those were my off weeks from doing groups. And what I mean by that is I normally do groups the first Friday of every month and the second Friday of every month. And then my co-facilitator, she does her group. And then my other co-facilitator does her group. We actually have people in training uh, learning how to facilitate groups so uh, what we do is we try to mix it up so that you know we don't get burnt out doing groups every week does affect you when you work in this field like I do and you're doing meetings at, at work and then away from work you know it's, it's just good to be able to take some time off you know to refresh my brain you know work on my new experiences so that I can uh, share with you all so uh, with that being said, um, so that you can expect my my videos the first Friday and the second Friday of every month. Because when I do them on all Fridays, the people at the group won't hear them. They won't, they won't be able to participate in them because I won't be facilitating. So uh, again, look forward to the first Friday and the second Friday of every month. And for those of you that's new and tuning in, if you would like to come visit us, Come visit us at 708 South Boston from 6 to 7 every Friday evening. That's, six, uh, that's uh, 708 South Boston from 6 to 7 every Friday evening. All right. With that all being said, and I want to start it off by uh, taking you back a little ways to December of uh, 2007. There was a movie that came out right before uh, right at the beginning of my recovery called The Bucket List that movie really inspired me it was about two men that was terminally ill that was trying to live out their dreams before their time was up I mean as I looked at that movie it was really it really caught my attention how they made a list and they started checking off everything that they wanted to accomplish so when I got out of treatment that uh, I remembered that movie because I didn't have any structure when I was in treatment, you know, before I went into recovery. I didn't have any structure, and that's why I was all over the place mentally, physically, emotionally. I was just all over the place. But after going through treatment, I decided that I was going to get in recovery and I was going to stay in recovery. So I was going to make me a things to do list. Now, I hope that you're listening to me because I, if you notice, I said the movie inspired me called The Bucket List. I made up my own list called Things to Do List. So when I got out, I made my list. I'm thinking I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. So what I did is I put down, uh, if I remember correctly, I know one of the things that I put down was to get a job and maintain it. The second thing was to take care of my family. 
and etc. Travel, you know, doing all those wonderful things. But none, nowhere in that things to do list that I have my recovery are God's will. So yeah, just like everybody else, I tried to do it on my own. I started out, I got a job, but for some reason I still, I was still struggling. I was struggling in my recovery. I didn't relapse. I was just struggling. Things wasn't going the way that I wanted them to, that I thought that they was going to go. So to make a long story short, I went back and I redid my list because I remember it was a bucket list. And what they did is they prioritized the things that they wanted to do that was most important to them. So this time I revamped my whole list because I failed in my things to do list very badly. And when I did what I did is, the first thing I did is I made sure that I put, I was well, I would put nothing before my God. The second thing that I put was I never put anyone or anything before my recovery. I would always keep my recovery first. And the reason why I'm saying my recovery first is because I lost my way spiritually. But due to getting back in, due to uh, being in recovery, it helped me to reestablish my relationship with God. And that's why my recovery is so important. Because there are some principles that we have to follow. So before I got into recovery, I didn't have any dignity. I had no integrity. I had very low self-esteem. I was what you call a bottom dweller, feeding off the scraps of everybody and everything else. But when I got into recovery and I put my recovery first, my recovery helped me to put God first as well, to follow the visions that he's given me and to do unto others as I would have others do unto me. That's how important my recovery is. See, I know if I lose connection with my recovery, if I stop working my program, I already know I'm, my old behaviors is going to come back because they're not gone. It's just the power of God and the power of my recovery is keeping it at bay. I got two things that I draw my power and my strength from to help me to maintain what I have going on. So I made a bucket list and I made sure that I stuck with that bucket list. And really and truly, the only thing that I put on my bucket list was keep God first. Don't put anything before God. Keep my recovery first and everything else will fall in place. And that's exactly what happened in my life. So I talk about my recovery all the time, but I think I don't think a lot of people understand why it's so important to keep your recovery first. Because when you don't been a screw up all your life or when you make bad decisions all your life, people start losing trust in you. They start losing faith in you. And recovery is the one thing that restores that faith and that restores that trust with, the, with our loved ones. So it's imperative that we learn to keep our recovery first. Because if we don't, we're still trying to do things on our own. And let me tell you, we cannot do it on our own. We would struggle miserably. So my topic today is how to keep your recovery first. My prayer is that you take this into stride and you take heed to it and apply it to your life.
Now, the way that I set this up is for people that's coming out of treatment. Because normally when people go to treatment, they don't think about recovery after treatment. But recovery and treatment goes hand in hand. So once you come out of treatment, you have to, you don't have treatment anymore. You don't have the people, you don't have the staff to keep you uh, in check, to keep you stabilized. When you get out of treatment, you're on your own. So all you got is recovery. And if you don't keep that first, you're going to find yourself relapsing or mentally relapsing and going back into treatment and starting the process all over again. It's an easy process, but it's so hard to do. So I'm going to break it down for those uh, that's, 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 that just came out of treatment or that's struggling with going back and forth to treatment. But I'm also going to be speaking to those that's in recovery, but that's putting their recovery last. So what does the, rec the word recovery really mean? The word recovery means the act or process of becoming healthy after an illness or injury. The act or process of recovering. The act or process of returning to a normal state after a period of difficulty. The return of something that has been lost or stolen. Why is recovery so important? Recovery is super important in the working process. It helps you avoid all those negative side effects. Overtraining or under-recovering negatively impacts your performance. Recovery requires a lot of work. No matter if you are mentally ill, addicted to alcohol or drugs, you need to make your recovery a priority because that is the only way to achieve success. It will require a lifestyle change and modifications that will take some getting used to, but after a while, they will become your new normal. Trust us when we say that putting your recovery first is worth it and that you will gain a tremendous amount of benefits from your new lifestyles. Your recovery is kind of like building a house. For it to be strong and steady, you need to build it on a solid foundation for for the rest of the house to be built up on. Similarly, you need to start your recovery off right instead of just winging it in order to set yourself up for success. Starting your recovery off right means balancing out treatment and recovery for stabilization. If you think this is a waste of time or not worth putting your life on hold for, think again. It is completely worth it to see, to set it, to set four to six weeks aside to focus completely on your mental health and recovery. It might even save your life. Full-time treatment is important because it completely immerses you in healing and it gives you the opportunity to learn things about yourself and your recovery. If you generally, generally, genuinely want to get and stay clean and sober, treatment is the way to go. Once you leave treatment, this is when the challenge really begins. In treatment, you are giving the tools you need to live life successfully. And it is up to you to use those tools. From the moment you walk out of those doors of your treatment, you are leaving behind a 24-7 care of su and support, and you need to be strong enough to carry your recovery along on your own. There are certain things you can do to put your recovery first during this challenging time. Doing them will help you to live a meaningful life 
and minimize the risk of relapse. Here's how you keep your recovery first. Number one, you keep your recovery first by mentally putting your recovery first. Every morning and night, tell yourself that your sobriety is number one. Create a mantra if you need to in order to drill it in. Build your other actions around it. Number two, keep your recovery first by continuing your care. Rehab does not need to be and should not stop cold turkey. Before you leave treatment, you should make sure you have follow-up care set up so that you have the solid support system in place as you reintegrate back into the real world. This can be modified as necessary depending on the level of care you feel that you need. Some people may require outpatient care, while for others, a weekly therapy appointment may be enough. Number three, keep your recovery first. You keep your recovery first by not entering into a romantic relationship for at least one solid year of, of your sobriety date. Sure, love and romance are great, but it distracts you from what is important at the beginning of your recovery. Also, love can be tough and volatile. You do not want something like an argument to break uh, or break up causing you to relapse. It's just not worth it. Number four, you keep your recovery first by surrounding yourself with the right people. If you go right back to hanging out with old friends, your chances of relapse are much higher. Instead of surrounding yourself with people who you inspire to be like, ideally, people with over a year of sober, of sober time can help, can, can help to guide you and give you a solid advice. Number five. You keep your recovery first by engaging in good behaviors. Think about your overall lifestyle. Keep things clean and neat, including your personal possessions, your living space, your car, and yourself. Be honest, get a job, or go back to school, and be responsible for your own money. The more you have your stuff together, the more you will be rewarded, and bigger and better things will keep coming your way. Recovery is tough, but it is possible if you always make, your, make it your priority. Take things day by day. Keep your goal where you can see it. VIA constant reminders. This is how you keep your recovery first. Now, I've been in recovery for a long time. And the only reason I haven't resorted back to them old, any, any of them old behaviors is because I make sure that I make my recovery my priority. Recovery is kind of like, you know, living life on life's terms. Recovery is kind of like your priorities of living. Get a job, maintain it, maintain your house, pay your bills, and make sure that you uh, live accordingly. Everything has to be prioritized. And you have to prioritize what's most important. Because, see, I understand if my mind is not right, my, my, my lifestyle is not going to be right. The way that I live is not going to be right. The way that I function is not going to be right. We're going to always have struggles. I'm going to always have problems. We're going to always have problems. 
but we don't have to struggle like we used to. If you're still struggling with the same problems that you struggled with before, you might want to start prioritizing your recovery. See, back in the day, I was one of those people. I went through I went through five treatment centers, and, and I would get out, but I didn't want to participate in recovery. But I didn't understand why I was still relapsing. But I understand today is because I did not put my recovery first. I didn't take it seriously. And the one thing my ex-wife taught me, she, she taught me a lot of lessons, and I, and I thank her for that. And one of the lessons that she taught me is I had went to treatment one time and I got out. I was doing all this talking because I had been gone for a while, so I, you know, I wasn't exposed to a lot, of, uh, a lot of the things that I used to be exposed to. So, yeah, I was talking a lot. Of, I was talking a good game. And she wanted to trust me, but because I had hurt her so much, she was scared to trust me. So one day she started explaining to me how, how I made her feel. She said, I'm glad that you're doing well. She said, the only way that I know how to explain this is to explain it to you in a way that I know how. And I was open to it. She said, I'm like a turtle in a shell. She said, I peek my head out and I hear you talking and it sounds good. But as soon as I see your behaviors, I see, see you behaving the way that you used to behave. She said, just like a turtle, I duck my head back in. That stuck with me. Because in the beginning, everything was good. But after a while, my behaviors was start, become, start coming back. I start acting the same way that I've always acted. I start doing the things that I've always done. And she recognized it. And because that stuck with me, it affected me very deeply. So as I, when I came out of my last treatment, I made a promise that I never put anything before God and I never put anything before my recovery. And for some reason, it's protected me for all these years. And I thank God for my recovery. Because if it wasn't for my recovery, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. If it wasn't for my recovery, God couldn't use me the way that he's using me. If it wasn't for my recovery, I wouldn't have the I wouldn't be able to maintain the job that I'm doing. If it wasn't for my recovery, I wouldn't be able to deal with the people that I'm dealing with. If it wasn't for my recovery, I wouldn't even have my support group. DDA wouldn't even exist. DDA exists because of my recovery. Because I take my recovery and I share it with others freely, free of charge. And because I do that, I'm keeping my recovery first. And when I'm around people that's not in recovery, when they curse, when they're doing and acting the way that I used to act and behave, it doesn't affect me because I put my recovery first. People trust me because they know me for my recovery. People don't try to tempt me to do anything because of my recovery. And when people have tried to tempt me to do something and I use the word recovery on them, the first thing they do is step back and be like, oh, Johnny, I'm sorry. I don't want to jeopardize your recovery. Recovery scares them. 
But I know a lot of people that just don't been to meetings, don't went to meetings and was forced to go to meetings and, and all that, you know, and they'll tell you, oh, man, I've been there, did it, done it. But then when you look at their lifestyle, when you look at their behaviors and their actions, it's still the same in the way that it's always been. Now, they may not be doing all the things that they used to do, but they're going to be doing a lot of, they're going to be acting and behaving in a lot of ways that they used to act and behave. But when you put your recovery first, you always think about what you do before you do it because you don't want to jeopardize your recovery. All my members know the one requirement for DDA is to be honest with yourself. When you're honest with yourself at home, you could be honest with, the, with people outside of your home. If you lie to yourself at home, you're going to lie to other people outside your home. Whatever you practice is what you're going to become good at. So recovery is important. Those of you that's, that's half working the program, I tell you all the time, I tell people all the time, you're only going to get half the results. You start building a relationship with your loved ones that, that you've hurt in the past. You start slacking in your recovery. I guarantee you nine times out of ten, your old behavior is going to start cropping up. And they're going to recognize it. And if you don't put your recovery first, they're not going to support your recovery because you can't be trusted. You can't trust somebody to have do things. That's where a lot of people go wrong. They call them bootleggers. How can you trust somebody that have do things? If you're going to do it, do it right. I stopped trusting bootleggers. I used to be a bootlegger. Have doing things, trying to get the full benefits of it. No, that's not the way it works. We struggle. Most people are struggling because they're choosing to struggle. See, before I put any, see, before I got right with God, I was putting everything else before God. And let me tell you something: when you do not have a protection with what Satan has in store for you. He will beat you to a pope. He will beat you down to a point to where you just want to go commit suicide. Why? Because you don't have any defense against the spirits and principalities of this world. So you have to put God first when it comes to your spiritual battles. And when it comes to mentally ill and drug addiction, a lot of that has to do something that has to do with spirituality, but a lot of that has to do with reality. Mental illness is just as real as spirituality. And so I have to take care of myself mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And the way that I keep myself together emotionally is through my recovery. Again, wherever the mind goes, the body follows. So don't think that you can do this on your own. Like I say, my meetings are for anybody, not just for those that's working the program, because can, anybody can work this program. Before long, I'm going to start back doing a 12-step meeting. So the first Friday of every month, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a meeting on, on, on the 12 steps. So for those of you that want to participate in the 12 steps, that's never been through them, you will have an opportunity to, to do so. I'm going, to, I'm going to break them down, 
and you can actually go through them with me. And I explain it all to you in a, in, a, in a language that you'll understand. Because the 12 steps are not just for people like us. The 12 steps are for anybody that want to change their life, that don't know how. It's 12 simple steps. And that's your recovery. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, that's what you work on. One thing at a time. Because we all got too many issues to be trying to work on at one time. We just dig. We just make a. Dig, uh, we just make a hole bigger than what it is when we try to do it. Fix them all at one time. We can't do it. So the twelve steps is what helps us to break it down so that we can work on one issue at a time. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to this uh, to this meeting. I pray that you get something out of this. I pray that it touches home with you. I pray that you keep your recovery first. Remember, your make a bucket list, not a things to do list. Don't do like I did. Make a bucket list right off the bat. And I guarantee you, if you put God first and your recovery first, everything else will fall in place. So just like every Friday, I want to close out with just for today. Just for today, I will be I will focus on my DDA recovery program of the 12 steps plus five. Just for today, I will remain clean and sober. And if I'm taking medications, I would do so as prescribed. Just for today, I would keep an open mind and be willing to listen to the advice of my DDA support group, my prescriber, and my clinician. Just for today, I will allow myself to have faith in someone in the DDA program who has faith in me and my recovery. Just for today, I will have a program. I recognize that I may make mistakes along the way, but I will follow the DDA program to the best of my ability. Just for today, I will utilize the DDA program of shared experiences, strength, solidarity, and hope in order to gain a better perspective on my life. Just for today, I will not dwell on the past nor place undue concern on the future. Just for today, I will not grant fear or worry space in my thoughts. By choosing to live one day at a time and by following the principles of DDA, I need not be afraid. Just for today, I will see how working an honest program is helping others and allow the blessings of my higher power to flow throughout my life. Just for today, I will allow myself to have faith. I will allow, my, I will allow myself to be me. I will accept myself for whom I am and where I am. I will allow others the same courtesy, that they may be free to grow and that I may be freed from the burden of resentments. Just for today, I will live and let live. If I become unable to do this, then I will place trust in my higher power and remind myself to just let go and let God. Just for today, I will live life on life's terms. And by doing so, I will recognize when I need support from symptoms of my dual diagnosis or when I'm in danger of relapse, I will seek help from the fellowship of DDA, my higher power, my prescriber, and my clinician. Just for today. And as I close, I just want to remind those. Remember reintegrating back into family life. Remember reintegrating back into society. That just because you was gone and, and been away from things don't mean that things have changed. Same struggles that you had before, you're going to still have them. Just a little FYI. Be mindful of your people, places, and things. 
because some people can throw you out or, or throw you off in your recovery, especially family, the people that's closest to you. Some places can cause you, you to lose focus on your recovery. And some things can cause you to lose focus on your recovery. So, Father, as I close, I pray that this 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 topic open the minds of those that are slacking or lacking in their recovery. Those that have work in the program. Those that's not being honest with themselves. They started out doing good, but then they went back into their old ways. I pray that they get back on track and put their recovery first, as well as you. So that their recovery journey will be successful. Restoration would be able to develop in their lives. Things that they lost, restored. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to be able to carry the message to those who still suffer. Thank you for using me and my recovery to enlighten those that don't understand recovery. I pray for DDA and the members that you that, that you sent to DDA, those core members that's dedicated wholeheartedly. I love them dearly, Father, and I thank you for sending them out to me. I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Like I said, I hope that this message hit home. And I pray that you all tune in next week. God bless you. Have a blessed weekend.